It's another beautiful day here with the Favela Real Stories Real Lives podcast, where we find a deeper connection through sharing our stories. If you like this episode, or even if you don't, like, share, comment, subscribe, all the above. Remember, you can find us at favelastories.com. That's F like Fox, A-B-E-L-L-A stories.com. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash favelastories. We are always on the lookout for genuine, heartfelt stories. So if you want to connect and find healing through sharing your story, go to favelastories.com slash share dash a dash story or email us at info at favelastories.com. Okay, I'm with Starla today. Hi. She's actually my beautiful, amazing sister-in-law. But she has an amazing story, I think, about... um, so she grew up LDS, but then at one point in her life kind of derailed a little bit, um, got into alcohol, and you'll find out why as we go through it, but then came back out of it and is just such an amazing person, and her story is so full of hope, and so I wanted to share that. Well, I wanted her to share it, so we'll just start from the beginning, kind <laughs> of, like we always do, and see what happens. See what happens. Hello. Life was not always super easy for me. I grew up in a home that was not always safe. And I, you know, kind of held on to the values and the beliefs that I had been taught uh, for the, as long as they could carry me. But I, I just wanted to get out and be on my own and have my own family. And mm-hmm. just I thought that would take care of all my problems because that's what that's how you're happy is if you just get married and you have kids and you have a family and then you can control everything and then it's nice. It's uh-huh. kind of like always life will be better when life oh, will be good yeah, I went when that, yeah. yeah. So that's what I thought at the very tender age of 18 years old. And so I graduated high school and married right away someone that I had just started, you know, dating and ended up being in a 12-year marriage that was extremely abusive verbally emotionally physically and I did not date for very long we dated for six months got engaged so the whole process was probably nine months which is maybe long in this culture (laughs) but um I think the the point was I didn't know I was I was searching for a companion for the wrong reasons you know I wasn't like and I was a teenager so I wasn't thinking hey how do we you know, deal with conflict with each other? How do we treat each other? Or are we compatible? Or I was just thinking, once someone else can take care of me, I'll feel better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very codependent kind of thought process. It obviously didn't start as bad as it got, but it it started with little, little things and eventually got to be very volatile and gross and horrible. And I was under the impression kind of forced upon me but that everything was my fault and I was the problem and I was crazy and I deserved to be yelled at or I deserved to be smacked across the face or I deserved whatever it was that I deserved and I believed it so my self-worth was extremely low even though in the world I'm like helping all these kids and I was at the time at the beginning I was like a dance instructor and a coach and a personal trainer so I was helping people be better and be strong and help them with their talents and then I ran away and joined a circus which you know and Mm -hmm. then you know came back and started a circus school and then I was helping all these kids 
And so in one part of my life, I was, everyone loved me and every, right. and very I was successful. Yeah. Very. And, and then I'd come home and it was, you're terrible. You're not enough. You're not good enough. And it was just like, which one is real? My well, I, belief. I think at home, it's so much easier to oh, take things exactly. to heart. Exactly. Yeah. So my belief was, well, I'm married to this person and they know me better than anyone. So they must be the truth. This mm. must be the truth. And unfortunately, people who are dealing with their own addictions and then won't admit to their own faults like to pro- project those onto those closest to them. Mm-hmm. So that kind of is what I feel was happening with that was anyway, it was just being projected on me. I was just this person that I didn't think I was, but I started to believe. And over time, it just became more and more troublesome and I had grown up you know knowing no you don't get a divorce and no you don't you know, I just thought you know it, it's a cookie cutter thing right and so this must be my problem no one else I know has ever gotten a divorce I just must be the black sheep I must be different and messed up and super self-degrading <laughs> I went through this whole just just very little self-value self-worth yeah and so I eventually, I mean, there's so much of this story, but for time's sake, we'll just cut to the point, which was eventually, I just didn't know what to do anymore. And I uh, worked in the event business and I was always out doing, you know, shows and jobs and, and working in this entertainment business. And, and I just started to drink and I thought, oh, you know, just in social events, it's not bad. It's okay. Mm. And then it, and I was like, you know, as long as I never drink when I'm by myself and Mm. then, and it's just, and you, you'll hear this from other people who kind of use substance to help their depression or their anxiety or trying to change their lives through like an outside, a a pill you can pop or a drink you can drink, a liquid you drink or something, you know, anyway. And of course it was just a spiral. It just slowly, people don't just jump off the edge. They just, they, they look at it, they walk up to it, they test it out. So it was just this whole thing. And it was to a point where I didn't feel like I could go throughout my day without drinking something. I couldn't even look at this man or be in this marriage or handle this situation without, um, some kind of altering my mind to a point where I was relaxed enough to just take the blows and not care. And, and so I just fell away and I became very bitter and very self-absorbed, which makes sense now looking back because you're trying to survive. Yeah. And so the relationships I had outside were still wonderful and I was still trying to do good, but inside I was hurting. And when you're hurting, it's really hard to lift others. You can't lift somebody out of the water if you're drowning no and so as good as the intentions were I wasn't much help to anybody even though I was trying to be so do you think do you think it made it worse for you that you were trying so hard to help others when you were having such a hard time does that make any sense I think that people are born with gifts and I feel like I one of my gifts is that I I love to serve and help and love people. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that's what I was doing, but I wasn't. I was just helping myself. And I was just doing things so that I would look like I was doing things. It just became very self-absorbed. Even though it wasn't my intention, it's like looking back at it now, healthy. Mm -hmm. It's like it was just trying to do good to make up for the bad that I was doing. And trying Um. to do good to make up for all the bad that 
that I was being told I was. And so I was kind of trying to, even trying to say, look, I'm not so awful because I'm doing yeah, these things. Yeah, look at what I'm doing. Yeah. But yet still believing inside. Yeah. That it wasn't. Yeah, and just, and not being in a place where it's, it's good to want to help people and it's good to reach outside yourself, but you also need to make sure that you're in a place that you can, especially if there's a lot of people looking up to you. So anyway, it was just kind of a downward spiral for years. And the more bad choices I made to drink to numb the pain, the more my ex had fuel to put on me like, look, look how bad bad you are. Now there's evidence. Now there's something tangible. Mm -hmm. So it just became really horrific. And eventually I had this awesome, crazy, out-of-body, divine intervention experience where there was a really awful, it was an awful night, and it was an awful visual, and he was screaming at me, and, and this whole fighting and craziness was happening, and I just had this huge feeling come over me that was just like, it's okay to leave. It's okay. You Hmm. can leave. Mm-hmm. You can leave. And that wasn't coming from you. And that was not from me because I was terrified to ever leave. He told me, like, you'll never find anyone who would deal with you. You'll never, you'll just be on your own. You'll be poor. You'll be this. You'll, like, just believing, like, you will never, no one will ever want you. So why so, would you ever leave? So you wanted to be wanted and that's why you didn't I bet. leave, maybe? I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and just fear of, like, yeah, he's right. Like, no one would ever want me. Well, it's cra- It's crazy, but now looking at it, like, how could I have thought all those things? But I believed it. Right. And he, so his tactic was really, he would just say, I'll divorce you if you don't do this, or I'll divorce you if you do this, or, right. you know. You would play on your fears. Mm-hmm. So I would never have left him. But that was an awesome, crazy experience that led to me g- gaining the strength to finally take a step forward and be like wait I deserve to be happy and what's so crazy is that I would be watching I'd see social media mm-hmm. and this is kind of a funny twist because people look at social media and they're like oh gosh like she's perfect she has a perfect hair she has a perfect house she has a perfect right. this her house is never dirty and we all know that that's not true like there's more to the story but I thought two ways I thought that way like Mm -hmm. look at all these people who are happy but I also thought I bet they're lying Mm -hmm. like I bet they're lying I bet there's no such thing as a happy marriage I bet nobody has a happy marriage so I went and took it to the other degree like not only are they lying but nobody's happy like Uh. it was just my reality was like oh maybe everyone's like this I thought Uh it was normal but anyway so it was just after that experience that I was like yeah I deserve to be happy and I'm I know that there's happiness out there I know that there's something better for me and if I keep in this relationship I'm going to die so from that one it's okay to leave that was the beginning started coming in Mm -hmm. that was it was crazy and it was just like this trust that okay like I'm gonna take these steps which I never in my whole entire life would ever take it was the greatest fear I'd ever had and I had two kids and I was just like, I'm going to be a single mom. And, and it was really where it was like, I'd rather be a single mom for the rest of my life than, right. than to be in this toxic environment. And so, so I did, I left and it was amazing because 
when I started seeing my self-worth and when I decided to just walk away from the drinking and from trying to hide the pain and just embrace the pain and feel it mm -hmm. and address it and validate it and and take it for what it was, my whole life started changing and things just started falling into place. And So do you think you stopped being afraid of fear? Yeah, I think a lot of my decisions were fear-based. And Before that? Yeah, for sure. Because I am a very anxious kind of person and there's a lot of anxiety in my family and I'm pretty sure that a lot of the things I did were fueled just by like fear. Fear of being alone, fear of mm -hmm. always, like when I was 18, fear of being under the command of a, you know, a harsh, rigid household. And then mm -hmm. fear of ever, you know, having my ex-husband, like fear of him not wanting me, fear of him cheating on me, f fear of him, whatever it was. It was always fear, 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 fear. And making your decisions yeah. from there. Uh-huh, everything. And so the scariest thing of my life, which was to leave this man, I think there was a lot of empowerment that came from doing it. Like, I took that. You just faced that fear. I faced it and on. was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that life could be so wonderful and beautiful and wait, I'm not this person. I am a good person and things are good and life is good and I don't need to turn to this substance to make me, like to alter reality. I can just embrace it and it doesn't mean that all of that stuff went away. Right. Of course, there's still scars and bruises and consequences that I have to deal with because of the way that I used to live my life and deal with my problems and the fear still comes but now it's just like learning how to deal with it and cope with it and live with it and use it, which I do, I use it. I put it into my art mm -hmm. and I put it into what I do for a living. But it was that initial step that I think, and it doesn't mean that everything changed right then. It was just right. the first step. And there was probably 20 first steps mm -hmm. until life started just getting, getting normal, normal, whatever right. that means. But just, it wasn't like living in a in constant fear and toxicity and it was like oh i have worth i have value i want other people to feel that way so being able to find your worth and your value is there anything you did to make that happen or did it just slowly come i think uh it was experiences it was the first the first step of believing that taking the first step to love myself and know that I didn't deserve to be treated like that. Yeah, to stand up for yourself. So then it started opening doors like that showed like experiences that showed me like, oh yeah, you do have worth and reaching to that higher power to God and having that reaffirmation like, no, you are special. You do have worth. You, these, these experiences, the bad things that, that happened, it's not, that's not who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just a lot of different things that kind of showed me, like, oh, you do have worth. I could look back on experiences and see how I was protected, mm -hmm. and I can see how I was guided, and I can see people who came into my life right when they needed to, and all of those little things were like, oh, someone's watching out for me. That mm -hmm. must mean that I am worth being watched out for. Mm -hmm. But really, like, healing came when I, when I tried to just reach outside myself and realize I'm not the only person who has these 
not the only person who has these problems. I'm not the only person that's going through this and listening to people and learning from other people. And I think those little steps are what just like kind of sewed the, sewed the cuts back. Do you think, you know, looking back at who you are now, who you were as a teenager, obviously there's no way to know, but do you think having gone through that experience, you are now stronger and maybe even have a better concept of your self-worth than you would have had you not gone through that? I for sure know that all of those experiences made me into who I am. And I'm sure anyone who's gone through stuff like that and, and conquered would say that. But really, if I didn't go through those experiences, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, running this nonprofit, trying to prevent kids from taking their lives and trying to prevent kids from using self-medicating and cutting and, and all of these other negative things to deal with their problems. There's no way I could even relate to these kids. I work with these kids in treatment and, and in these rehab centers and in these, um, homes for kids that are suffering from behavioral problems and there's no way that they would even listen to me if I didn't go through it myself they why would they even listen to me and they feel validated and they feel whole and that's why we go through what we go through we go through hard things so that we can help other people go through hard things because that's literally what this world is going to be Right. That's why you say rest in peace. <laughs> you don't get a rest <laughs> until it's over. Don't get any peace or rest. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's just definitely. I'm grateful for it because I was able to get through it and learn how to deal with it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. That I can help other people deal with it, deal with their problems in healthy ways, and be an arm people can lean on. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't go through all those experiences, there's no way I could ever do any of this. So even though it's hard and hurtful at the time, and who's to say that's it, you know, there could be a trial around the corner, but my my mental, my mentality is completely different now. Mm -hmm. So it's like when something comes, I just look at it as like, how can I use this experience to help somebody else? it's so much easier to deal with hard times. Like I, it's hard being divorced and having two kids and having to share time, having right. to share that time with them. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's hard when you don't have them. But I think, how can I, how can I use these feelings and this experience to relate to somebody else that needs me? And it has completely changed my entire humanity, how I am as a person, how I am as like my character, my personality. It's just completely different because it's, it's all about how can I help somebody else? I wouldn't have had that attitude had I not gone through all that stuff. Right, I think there's something to understanding how hard things can be and working through it on your own that just adds to your fervor, I guess, of, of wanting to help other people that are currently going through that. And then there's also something to be said, like you touched on, for being able to say, I've been there. And look where I am now and and you can get there too yeah I think I've even thought about this like what could have what could someone have said to me in the depths of my despair right because I think like I see all these kids suffering and I'm like oh my gosh this task how do I help these 
kids. Why? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, it's such a big feat trying to save all these people. And, you know, who am I to help? But I think, okay, when I was going through that, what could anyone have done for me? And I think it's just the reason I was able to pull out of it was because I was very sure there were people who loved me, people who stayed in my life through all of that, people who watched me jump off the edge and drown and still reach out their hands to me, even through the hardest of times. And it wasn't necessarily anything anyone said. Mm-hmm. No one said this amazing inspirational quote that changed my life. Right. <laughs> no one, you know, it wasn't this big thing. It was just the knowledge, just like I have people in my corner. There are people who love me. And I had to watch it. I've had to watch people I love dearly go through similar things. And I watch people, you know, try to send the best scripture or the best quote or the best whatever. And all of those are good things. But I think the best thing is just being present in their life, right. visiting people, texting people, get just off your phone them. and go over and see the person like, you know, just, yeah, loving that person sincerely. That is what will make a difference. To all our listeners, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, but especially share your story with us. Together, we can heal the world one story at a time.